went to him. He just has it. Five seconds to go. Bridges for three. Yes! All right, everybody, welcome back to the Spartans, Wolverines, and Beards podcast. It's hate week. It's hate week. Ah, that's what this podcast was made for. Exactly. This is it. This is the reason why we're doing what we're doing. Because we hate each other. God damn it, I hate Michigan. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, so welcome back. Um, Thank you guys for tuning in, as Jordan said. Episode 16, this is why we're here. It's hate week, baby. Good old battle for the Paul Bunyan Trophy this weekend. As Jim Harbaugh declared it, the college state championship. Amen to that. Um, Before we really dive into this week, obviously... Tate week, going to talk a lot of Michigan State, Michigan football, how we're looking this weekend. Of course, we're going to do our pick uh, We're going to talk some Detroit Lions football, kind of, yeah, other than puke, kind of what we're, uh, what we're looking at, what our prospects are for the season, and really what are the next steps for this 2019 Detroit Lions football season. Uh, with that being said, if you guys have not yet, make sure you like us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Make sure you comment, share, just get our names out there. We do appreciate it. Uh, whatever device you're listening on, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, whatever. Subscribe, rate, review, all that stuff. It helps. Yeah. Just, uh, if you could, just do that for us. We greatly appreciate it. And with that, we're going to lead into kind of the quick news stories for past week. And the real heavy topic is the uh, NCAA suspensions going on between Chase Young and uh, possible number one NBA pick, James Wiseman, out of Memphis. So today it was announced that Chase Young's only getting, what, Two games? Two games. And this is where you cue the dodgeball, I feel shocked meme. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I can't believe it. It happened last year, and it just now comes out when they happen to play Maryland and Rutgers. Yeah. So convenient. Yeah, so that's not much of a surprise. I think wow. we can all kind of agree that the NCAA is a joke at this point. Yeah, just it, do whatever you want. They don't They don't have any. Yeah, they have nothing anymore. They have no ground to stand on anymore. No, it's... I mean, you don't. Is it a dumb rule? Yes, but it's a rule, and you don't want to enforce it. So why the hell is it a rule? Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Whatever. So, and of course, now that means Chase Young will be back for Penn State and Michigan. Two weeks, the game of all games. Yeah, you call it that. Well, could be a lot of implications for it this year. Yeah, I mean, Penn State goes down this weekend. You guys beat the Ohio State. No, we have to have a Rutgers upset for us to get in. Oh, do you? Yeah, Rutgers has to upset either Penn State or Ohio State yeah, for us to have a chance. So we're not going to the Big Ten title game. Man. Welcome and, to my house. Unless hell freezes over somehow and all of both of those teams get suspended. Yeah, they, well, we already seen that happening. Yeah. Um, and then the second one is uh, James Wiseman. This one, to me, is a little more interesting. So wasn't it in 2008? Penny Hardaway gave money to the family or something? No, it was... So, 
In 2008, he gave a million dollars to the University ah, of Memphis. So he became, became a booster. He became a booster at that point. Yep. So then it would have been 2000 and... So let's see, Wiseman's a freshman now. 18? It would have been his junior year. So in 2017, he gave the family $11,000 to help them move to Memphis. Because James wanted to come to Memphis where Penny was coaching high school so he could play for him. And per the NCAA rules, that's a violation. I mean, it, it flat out, plain and simple, by the letter of the law, it's a violation. But Memphis pretty much put the middle finger up and said, I don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. You know, they told him, they basically served him an injunction saying, we think he's going to be ineligible. And any other time that's happened, the team just stops playing him. Yeah. Well, they pretty much said, we don't care. Yeah. And I listened to another podcast about college basketball, and one of the guys is from Memphis, and he is a Memphis alum and big time. He's way connected in Memphis. And he basically said the university looked at it and said, you know what? We've been here before. We don't care. Mm-hmm. We have a shot to do something special. Those wins will still count when they happen. And if you decide at the end of all this that you want to sanction us and take away all those wins, then so be it. But the game still counts to us right now, and we're not going to take him off the court. So mm-hmm. basically, it was a big middle finger to the NCAA. I mean, I think it's hilarious. Oh, yeah. I, I, that, I, you know, in my opinion, I mean, kudos to Memphis for basically calling the NCAA's bluff, saying we're not going to be intimidated anymore, and we're going to do what the hell we want when we want to do it. we got a good coach. we got good players. Yeah. We're going to let it roll. Yeah. And, and they know that they're in violation. They know it's a, that, that it was there. Now, there's some talk about there potentially being – like that, this was known about in the past, and the NCAA just neglected to say anything about it till now. So then, right. then they could sanction it. Then that's that's Memphis's pushback is, if this was out there the whole time, why didn't you say something before? That's going to be their fight. So, but I think it's hilarious. I, I do too. I, you know, I at the end of the day, we you get all these people out there that are all pissed off because these kids are going to make money for their likeness. People do realize that. This stuff happens where kids can start making money off their likeness. This stuff potentially stops. Yeah, I mean, it definitely gets mitigated a little yeah. bit because they won't. There won't be that or that need to cheat. Yeah, there'll still be people, obviously, that will. Oh God, line, yeah. But it's it makes it a lot less prevalent because you don't need to do it. You yeah. can get money other ways. So I don't know. I think I think it's kind of funny. I do too. The thing is like nothing's gonna happen during the season. No. I mean the only thing you're gonna find out is you'll find out at the end of the year pretty much. It's gonna take that long because they'll hold it up in court and they'll fight it and do all that stuff. But the only thing the NCAA can do is if Memphis wins twenty five games or something this year, they'll say, you know what, you basically held your nose up to us and said we're not doing it, so now you can't play in postseason. Yeah. They could come out and do that, and I wouldn't be surprised if this continues like this if that happens. Yeah. But Memphis is still going to just go out there and win. Well, I mean, it's not like that university's not used to it. I mean, yeah, John Calipari yeah. there. I they, mean. they basically That's basically what they're saying. Mm-hmm. We don't care. We have a team. We, we are not keeping these kids off the court. We're going to play. Yeah. I, More power to you, yeah, I guess. Good for them. It's just kind of funny because you got opposite ends of the spectrum where supposedly Ohio State was extremely cooperative in the whole Chase Young investigations and yeah. all that stuff. And now he gets it reduced. And you got Memphis out here just saying, man, piss, piss on, on you. you. <laughs> I'm doing what I want to do when I want to do it. Mm-hmm. This is our show. Yeah. I, 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 I like it. Let's see what happens. I have zero problem with it. So, um, 
So I think that really is wrapping up our news for the week. Yeah, there wasn't a whole lot else. I mean, the college football playoff rankings came back out, but, I mean, Minnesota made a good jump. That's the only thing yeah. that, to me, was really. Sky Uma. Yeah. They keep winning, man. If they keep winning, it'll be interesting to see. It was a little. The end of that game last week, it was a little more telling, but, I mean. P.J. sat on the ball. Oh, he was yeah. trying to milk the clock out. I mean, you have to in that situation. Yeah. You can't just still go guns blazing. Yep. I mean. We're going to have a big one this week, but we'll get there. But we'll get there. So I think with that being said, we'll uh, lead more pickle. Back into our pick'em segment, and with that music and me leading us in, you know what that means. I won last week, and not only did I win last week, but now I have a full two-game lead. Boo, you whore! After I go thirteen and one last week, with the only loss I think I had we shared, which was the Arizona State USC game, yep. I believe. Yep. But. The Illini comeback win and a few other games just propelled me into first place, and I get to hold on to my precious for one more week. So I miss you. On that note, we're going to roll right into our Pick'em segment because we got a lot to talk about here going forward, so we can't kill a whole lot of time with our playful banter. So, <laughs> playful banter. First game on the docket, Indiana at Penn State. This is a very important game in the Big Ten because Indiana is playing extremely well. They did just lose their starting quarterback, Michael yep. Penix, for the year. Penn State coming off that tough loss at Minnesota. Rebound game at home in Happy Valley. Where are you at with it? Uh, Penn State. Yeah, I think if, if Michael Penix is healthy, I think I might take Indiana, but I'm going to take Penn State at home. Close game, though. I don't I don't have the spreads pulled up here, but uh, Penn State's minus 14. Just pulled up my phone, so that's, that's a lot, but mm-hmm. I'll take Penn State. Uh, next game, UMass at Northwestern. Another <laughs> noon kick. Um, UMass might be the worst team in college football. I thought I saw something that... Was it like 30 points or something like that? It was not. Uh, no, maybe I was thinking over-under. Well, the over-under is 55 and a half, but somehow they have this as a pick em. There's no way. I'm taking Northwestern, and I'll take them big. UMass is terrible. Yeah, I'm taking Northwestern as well. Yeah. Uh, next game, Wisconsin at Nebraska. Another noon kick. Uh, Wisconsin's minus 14 and a half. I think that's about right. Yeah. I don't. I just have no faith in Nebraska. Yeah, I'm with you on that one as well. Taking Wisconsin. Yeah, move into the 230 games. Navy, the midshipmen at Notre Dame. This is a big rivalry game. Mm-hmm. As, and, it, and it really is. As you talk to Notre Dame fans, they hate this game. Um, Navy's a good team, 7-1. Um, what do you think? Where are you at? You know, I Navy's a sneaky team. I mean, like I said, they're 7-1. They're a good team. Um, it's kind of nice seeing these academies turning into good programs. I mean, that's really cool to see. Um, with that all being said, though, I think Notre Dame's way too talented, so I'm going to take Notre Dame at home. Boy, I just don't know. The way Michigan ran the ball on Notre Dame. Navy runs that option. But, I mean, keep in mind, though, it was terrible weather. I mean, the weather's going to be better this weekend. It's going to be cold, but it's going to be better. I'll take Notre Dame. I'll take Notre Dame. I don't like it. I wouldn't be surprised to see Navy pull upset. Yeah. 
Uh, let's skip that game because I think that's a bigger game. Uh, Wake Forest at Clemson, 3.30. This is really Clemson's only true test, and that's sad to say because Wake Forest doesn't look very impressive now No, after losing last week. So uh, I got Clemson minus 34 and a half. That's, that's how close this game is. I mean, I got Clemson big. Yeah. I, I don't think they cover, but big. I think, like, Clemson by, like, 20. Yeah, that's fair. Texas at Iowa State. Iowa State after the heartbreaking loss at Oklahoma that they kind of got robbed on because a two-point conversion, that dude got mugged. But uh, Texas is a roller coaster with tons of injuries. I'm taking the Cyclones at home. Yeah, I'm taking Cyclones as well. Um, I think Texas is – you just don't know what they are. Right. So you're abandoning your horns. Yeah, um, horns down. Horns down. So the next game we decided, since it's laughable, Ohio State at Rutgers, we're going to do it against the spread to make it a little more entertaining. The spread I see is minus 50 and a half. Ohio State at Rutgers. So you're down 51, basically, to open kick. Does Ohio State win? Well, I mean, obviously Ohio State. Yeah, but do they cover? Do they cover 51 points? No. You don't think so? You're, so you're taking Rutgers and the points? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm so, taking Ohio State. I'll, I'll spot 51. I'll take Ohio State. Yeah. So you got Rutgers. I got Ohio State. That'll be interesting. We're gonna have to. We should. We should do that more often with the games like that. If we get other. If we get other laugher games, we'll do that. So. Uh, next 4 o'clock game, Minnesota at Iowa. Going into Kinnick. It's not at night, but it'll finish at night, so that's that's important. Minnesota roller, or just off the super high emotions of that win at home. Iowa's just very Iowa this year, mm-hmm. if, that, if that makes any sense. Very Kirk Ferentz. Yeah, Iowa's minus 2.5 at home, and her favorite at home. Um, I just think Minnesota's got something special. Yeah. I really think they have something so you're special. You're rolling the boat, Sky Yuma. Uh, I'll take Sky Yuma, but I, it's, I would not give the two and a half points. It's going to be a close game. You know what? And actually, I've been going back and forth about this one since you sent it to me. Um, I think last weekend, Minnesota spent it all. I think they run out of gas this weekend. Take taking Iowa. Iowa. Okay. I, I wouldn't be surprised. That Kinnick, especially. Uh, going out west, 4:30. Stanford at Washington State. Washington State is just like so hard to get a reading on. Yeah, I mean they can put up 50 points one week and then 12 the next week. It's just and Stanford seems to be getting healthy now, mm-hmm. and they've looked better. Dare I say? <laughs> I mean. Yeah, I guess they did lose last week at Colorado. Yeah, they lost at Colorado. I had Stanford circled here, but now I don't know. What do you got? I've got Washington State. But I really, like that one, I don't know. I'm taking Stanford. All right. I just got a feeling. You're risking Goldie. Yeah, but I'll be all right because Ohio State's going to (laughs) cover. Probably. Uh, Next game, Oklahoma at Baylor. Oklahoma survives another scare. Baylor plays another sloppy game and stays undefeated. But the Bears at home. I'm 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 riding them. Baylor, riding Baylor, Baylor at home. I'm taking Oklahoma. I Baylor has not played a team like Oklahoma yet. Oklahoma still doesn't know how to play defense. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I mean, at home, I, th- I think Baylor gets it done. See, and I'm taking Oklahoma. Okay. Uh, probably the hottest team in the Pac-12 right now, UCLA going to Utah. Chip Kelly's starting to get things moving yeah. a little bit it's there. Yeah. Um, they've won three in a row. At Utah now is obviously a very tough task. They're minus 20 and a half. I'm taking the Utes, but I like UCLA to make a game out of this. Yeah, I'm going to take the take the Utes. I just think the Utes' defense is too good. I don't like them to make a game out of it. I think Utah... Utah now, see, there's a thing. There's a thing in Utah that's called Utah in November. They're a lot different than Utah in October and so oh. September, October. They have a very bad history of... Falling on their face in November. It's like beer goggles. It is. It's very good. It's a very good way to put it. So I'm taking Utah, but as the course would say, close. Very close. close. Not so fast. Yeah. Uh, next game, another Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. USC at Cal. Um, Why with all these Pac-12 games? <laughs> because they're so intriguing. Because you don't know what the hell you're going to get That's out true. of any of them. That's true. Uh, I got to take USC. I just don't think Cal can score enough. Yeah, I'm taking USC as well. I mean, they're playing for a coach's life right now. Well, yeah, I think that's all but done. Yeah. So we got to double back and do uh, Georgia at Auburn. Um, Georgia right now sits at number four in the playoff rankings, even though I don't think there's any way in hell they deserve that. No. They're not the best one-loss team in the country. They have the worst loss of the one-loss teams in the country. Auburn, to me, is the perfect team to beat Georgia because they will stop the run. You know they will stop the run. They're going to sell out to stop the run, and they're at home. I got Auburn. You got Auburn? Yep. Ward Am Eagle. Ooh. I've got the I've got the dogs taking Georgia. So okay. we, we're going to have some differences this week. Well, we I'm really taking the dogs. It. I've got Aga. Yeah, um, I, I said I just think that Auburn's built to stop Georgia. You see, and you know I agree with that, but I also feel like that Georgia's starting to, I think, reclaim that fire that they had at the beginning of the season. And um, they better because. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, they really do. I mean, I feel like. They're in the playoff spot. They know what they have to play for. They know they've got Bama nipping at their heels. They know they've got Oklahoma, Oregon. They've got some good teams behind them that are waiting. They're nipping at those heels. So, right. I think with that, though, man, I think uh, we've got right now one, two, three, four, five different picks. We do? I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, you've got Rutgers. I've got Rutgers. Well, yeah. So it's still different. Cause it's still it's- different. We've got Auburn. Georgia, okay. Minnesota, Iowa, yeah. Stanford, Washington State. Boy, this is going to be an interesting week. And Baylor, OU. This could be an interesting so week. You, could, this, blow, you this, could blow this sucker right this, 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 week, this late in the season, it could be a, almost a cataclysmic shift here. It could be. And obviously, if you haven't caught on, we have not picked one game yet. Well, we're going to save that for the next segment because it deserves that much time. But um, any other thoughts on our pick'em before we roll into our? I guess we're gonna mash the good, the bad, the ugly in with our hate week. Talk. Yeah, no, I'm good, man. I've got some coming to Jesus to talk about Sparty. Alrighty. All right, so we just kind of uh, prefaced it a little bit here in the pick'em segment, but we're gonna mix together our good, the bad, the ugly from Sparty's loss last week, and then we're gonna get into this the flat out hate week. Banter, I guess you call it, banter. or we're all we're gonna have fun right here. Oh, I have yeah. a feeling. So, Lane, why don't you go ahead, give us your thoughts on 
really a uh, a shitty game, a historic collapse last week. Yeah. So, it, where do we? I mean, where do we even begin with this with this Spartans team? Um, up twenty eight to three, you blow the lead. Illinois comes back, beats you at home, and somehow the AD still says D'Antonio's safe. Like, what? What? <laughs> you know, I, I totally... And I'm not going to go good, bad, and ugly, because there is nothing good. There is nothing bad. There's only ugly about this program right now. Um, you know, I... I I, I totally understand the argument of let's stay loyal to D'Antonio. You know, he's stayed in this place as before. But the proof's in the pudding right now. And since 2017, ironically, since we beat Michigan last, we're 17-13. and 13. That's not good enough. Well, since the playoff appearance. He's yeah. like, what, one game over 500 yeah. since the playoff appearance? That's not, that's not good enough. That's I, not. I mean, no matter where, no matter how you slice it, if this team... If you, this, you've got Gus Malzahn down at Auburn, that he loses three games, he's on the hot seat because they expect better. Mm-hmm. Just because we're Sparty and and we're going to get into this hate week, they call us little brother. Doesn't mean we have to be little brother. And that mentality that you have right now is a little brother mentality. That okay, I'll just take it. No bullshit. Like make a change. You you know you these losses are program killing losses. What recruits gonna want to come here and say, hey, under the sp- the big lights, I'm gonna play ranked teams. I'm gonna get my ass kicked. Yeah, well, right now there ain't no recruits that want to. Well, no, I mean we just flipped a, a quarterback, which is great, but but it, yeah, you flipped him from Fordham, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, it was pretty bad. Yeah, it wasn't a good it wasn't a good flip. So <laughs> I mean, these losses are are program killing losses. I mean, you look at if you're if you're a recruit. And you come to Michigan State, say you came last Saturday to the Illinois game, and you watch the team blowing them out, and you're like, man, this team's clicking, you know, they just played better teams, like, this is what it is. And then you just collapse. And then you just collapse, like, there's no way in hell I'm going. And you're watching the fans leave the stands, there's no way in hell I'm going to that school. Are you kidding me? We're naive and stupid to think that they are. It's time to change. And, I, you know, I'm sorry that we're saying, well, he can make changes in his coaching staff. No bullshit. you got to go. He had the chance to do that, in yeah. my opinion. You, ha- you, you promoted Pratt Salem, and what has he done? You, you stuck with Brian Lewerke. Put the freshman in. Yeah. Give him a shot. Get, let him play this weekend. Yeah. I, I mean, what? I mean, God, I mean, of course, there's a lot of bad things that can happen. The kid can get hurt. Sure. I mean, there's well, these are people we're talking about. Given what happened to the rookie last week, did you see that whole yeah, thing? Yeah, like the concussion. That and, kid had a concussion. Oh, absolutely. You could tell the way he was moving. He was just, he was fog. I mean, he looked like he was moving in a fog. Yeah. So I, I don't know what more there is to say about Michigan State football. It's disappointing. It's It's disgusting. It, you go. We're getting repetitively being put on in the spotlight because we're getting these big games. Well, maybe Michigan State can pull it out. There's not even a defense anymore. That's the disappointing part to me. I, I feel like you're you've you've lost the fans. Good luck getting them back. You're Especially losing basketball the, starting. Yeah, exactly. You've lost. You're losing the team. I feel like. Why aren't you making changes? Is 500 your goal for the season? Do you want to go to the pinstripe bowl and play Duke? And that's about the that's about the ceiling. That's ceiling right now. Because wow. you're playing Maryland next week, mm-hmm. and Maryland could beat you. Then you're looking. 
You're looking at what five and seven? Yeah, if you, they have to beat Maryland and Rutgers if they lose this yeah. week to make a bowl game. I mean, holy shit! Like, you know, it as a state fan, and as we get into the hate, this, the hate week and the discussions and the banter. D'Antonio said, "Pride comes before the fall." The most notable thing that's probably ever been said in this—not ever, but most notable thing that's been said in this rivalry past ten years. Pride becomes before the fall. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. What are you doing, Mark? It's Your pride has made it fall. Rome is burning. It's it's time to make a change. And I'm not talking Luke Fickle. I'm not talking anybody like that. I don't want anybody remotely close. You got You have to go 180 and go a different direction. You have to. I mean, you have, they say that when you hire a new coach, you should go to the exact opposite of what you had. Mm-hmm. And I would... And, in this instance, it needs to, that needs. To we rip. I mean, we laugh about the John L. Smith era. That loss was John L. Smith as hell. Oh, very. That was a very <laughs> John L. Smith loss. I mean, very. Kendra and I went out to dinner, and we were driving home for dinner, and I was listening. We were listening to the game on the radio, and the announcers are talking, and you hear them say, "Oh, they caught it with three seconds left, and Illinois takes the lead, and I don't know what happened." Mm-hmm. I mean, these are gut punches. Yep. And as a Spartan fan, if you don't think D'Antonio is the problem, then I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Because there is one common denominator here, and it's him. It's time to change. And you can, and really, and I guess, I mean, I don't know if you have any more. We can just kind of roll this right into the hate week stuff. But if you look at it, this all started when Pat Narduzzi left. And I made the comment when he left on social media, I said, it's going to be the biggest loss this program's Mm -hmm. ever had because he, with him, was a certain level of toughness Mm -hmm. that he brought to that defense. Now, granted, there have been good teams since he left. Oh, yeah. But at the same time, that's when Michigan was in their worst stretch in 10 years. Penn State was going through all of the the shit and Dan O'Brien and transitions. So you, you had a couple times where they were down and you were able to benefit on the recruiting side of that. Mm-hmm. So some guys that maybe would have gone to a different set, you know, different plate would have gone to a Michigan or a Penn State said, I'm not going to go there. I'd rather go to Michigan State. And you benefited from that. Well, and you could argue, too, with that, that – Narduzzi, even though he did leave, I mean, those guys still had the pedigree. I mean, they still had one of the best defensive coordinators in the nation working for them. I mean, you still had Bulla, you had McDowell, you had all these guys out there that are NFL players that are playing on Sundays. I don't think outside of Elijah Collins you have anybody on that team playing on Sundays. Maybe Josiah Scott, maybe. I think Daryl Stewart will. I think he's going to be like a day three late pick on side free agent. I think he's talented enough. There's uh, enough he's talented stuff. enough. And I mean, I, we're digressing. Yeah, that. we're digressing. So, without that all being said, I'm going to start this off with my favorite thing and to say is fuck Michigan. <laughs> That's a, such a little brother comment. See? <laughs> I mean, okay, the little brother thing. Let's get it. Let's let's get this whole thing straight because it's extremely misconstrued on how this whole thing started. Mm-hmm. Everybody says it was Mike Hart that started it, and that's bullshit. Mark D'Antonio started it because when Michigan lost to Appalachian State and he had just won his first game at UAB, mm-hmm. and I tried to find the damn audio of it, and nobody has the audio anywhere. But he made the comment: "Do we need to have a moment of silence for Michigan football program?" 
after the Michigan loss, they were asked about it. Did you see the Michigan loss at State? And that was his comment. That's what started the whole thing. And then the Michigan players took a knee at midfield after they beat them. And then Mike Hart made the comments. So it wasn't all Michigan that started it. D'Antonio started that shit. I, I think fake. I think you're fake news. I can. I know. I have it. <laughs> I have a transcript of it from the Detroit Free Press. Hang on, it's it's opening. Wait, this is important. <laughs> He's going. Hey, hold on, you. Yep, Detroit Free Press. So they did this in 2014. Was when this article was written. And it says, the background of the story. Two days after his first MSU, MSU team squandered a 10-point lead and lost to Michigan, D'Antonio was set off by a question from a reporter about U of M players and the moment of silence they had on the Spartan Stadium field after the win. The pre-planned gesture was a shot at D'Antonio and a comment he made after winning his debut against UAB. He was asked on Spartans Radio Network's post-game show about Michigan's shocking loss to Appalachian State, and he, where his comment was, should we have a moment of silence for Michigan football? So D'Antonio started that shit. That's, and then that's what sparked Mike Hart's little brother comment. That's where it came from. Now, a little sister thing that's getting thrown around, that was L.J. Scott last year. Did you hear him well, last yeah, year? Yeah, because Chase Winovich yeah. looked like he'd take him a prom. Well, well, and he also made Brian the worky as bitch. <laughs> so, How many games did he win against him? Hey, one. It's all, what have you done one? it's all about what you've done for me lately. One. It's all about what you've done for me lately. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So that's the whole little brother thing. Personally, to me, I think it's funny. Yeah. And I don't. To the players, obviously, hear it because a lot of these players came from the state of Michigan. So, yeah. Like Avery Thomas brought it up today. Or this came week. from rival high schools. Right. I mean, a lot of these guys played in Detroit, played against each other in the, then the public city league. So, mm. that's my thought on the whole little brother thing. The rest of the hate week, I think it's just fun. It is. It's good spirit. It's fun. I mean, but the problem I have now is this has been a good ten to twelve year stretch for Michigan State, where they've been probably their highest ever, six and three in the past ten years. I mean, but as far as a program, oh, I don't know that we could ever say Michigan State's been higher. No, they've. So to me, that's why this rivalry has gotten to be so good, and if they mm-hmm. continue to go to regress like they are. Mm-hmm. It's just going to get worse. So yeah. to me, I like what Michigan State is at least, you know, an eight and four, nine and three, ten right. and two team. I I don't want these seasons where they're just so down. You don't want four and five. Well, I mean, it warms my heart a little bit just to see them lose, but for the rivalry, uh, for the rivalry. So I mean, yeah. Where are you at? What else do you got to say? What's your thought? Um. About Michigan? Everything. It's hate week. You know, we, we talked, you sent me a clip, and I find it very comical that <laughs> it was the documentary that FS1's launching Thursday night. Yeah, um, we need to watch that. Yeah, that one's going to be good. And Devin Gardner made a comment, which I think is ironic, because Devin Gardner was made into a Michigan State's bitch during that whole span, and he said that, Michigan State players get pissed off because they think that we think about them all the time. And I think it's ironic because probably that might be the case, but that might not be the case. But I do have to say that I feel like both sides of these 
of Michigan fandom and state fandom, we could charge rent in each other's heads. Oh, I mean, yeah. But it's because it's so close. Mm-hmm. 45 minutes? Yeah, you talk about, yeah, call it an hour because it's wintertime. Yeah. You know, there's one road that separates them. Now, obviously, it's not like Duke, North Carolina basketball. We're not that close, but this state is really divided. I mean, mm. oh, yeah. there's Michigan and there's Michigan State fans, and you can really see by where you go in the state. Like, mm-hmm. I wouldn't. It'd be cool if somebody did a poll to see kind of what parts of the state gravitate towards what yeah. team. Obviously, you'd have your pockets, but mm-hmm. there, everywhere you go. Even in our town, you see Michigan State flags. You see Michigan oh, flags. I'm going to have my flying this weekend. You guys, you're a prime example. Your wife is a Michigan fan. You're a Michigan State fan. Now, my <laughs> wife didn't have that option because we don't allow Michigan State fans in our house. But just saying. But that's just the thing. Like, that's why I haven't been invited. <laughs> it's, it's just so close to home. So, yeah, I watch what Michigan State does every week. Not yeah. just for this podcast. No. Because I generally like to see him struggle. It's fun for me. <laughs> Don't tell me that when Michigan got blown out by Wisconsin, there wasn't a part of your soul. It was just like, oh, oh yeah, nice. it was a, it was a definite yeah. shot of relief. But we can, but all sudden done, we can all agree on one thing. We all hate Ohio State. Fuck Ohio State. Fuck Ohio State. <laughs> <laughs> so what other hate week stuff you got? Uh, you know not. And there's not a whole lot. I mean, like we we said, this is what the podcast is all about. Yeah. I mean, we're we're split. We've got a big Michigan fan, big Michigan State fan. Um, big game this week, and I wish it was a lot bigger than it could have been, should have been. But I feel like our coach is. I don't know what the hell he's doing. I think he's just there to collect his bonus in January. He's out. He's trying to make it that far. Um. So. Yeah, I, you know, I don't have too much. I, I wish the season was a better season because I would be more pumped about it. Well, I think injuries don't help either. No, injuries don't help. And I, it's rough because I think, what are you guys, 13 point favorites right now? Uh, last I saw was 12 and a half. 12 and a half. It's been, good. it's been climbing. The public's definitely hammering Michigan. Yeah. And, you know, you you and I talked about it. Like, 13 and a half now. 13 and a half. So Vegas knows something that we don't. Well, obviously. Well, if you watch them, you know. Um, so you and I had talked about it this weekend, and I guess this is where I'm going to get into my pick em. Um Before I start off, D'Antonio was asked this weekend about the fans and the kind of what his thoughts were. Next question. Yeah, and if he owes them anything. And the next question, and that is the most arrogant, pompous. I expect that from Michigan. I don't expect that from him. Shots fired. What? Uh, Take me. You know, you do owe those fans something. You owe those kids that are paying money to come see you flounder. You owe it to the boosters, you owe it to the alumni, and you owe it to the fan that's taking the kids, their family there on a Saturday. You owe it to those people. Even if you say, you know what, we got to label it better. It's all you got to say. Instead of saying, next question, that is a middle finger to Michigan State to the Michigan State family. Yeah, and and to be fair, I mean, it was asked right after the game, and, a, and I'm sure the emotions were high and everything, and he was asked that question again Tuesday, mm-hmm. and I didn't, I didn't hear his answer, but he actually gave somewhat of an answer, I guess, but 
He's becoming notorious for his post-game interviews and just basically saying, F you, I'm not going to talk He's about it. He's Greg Popovich. Well, and, yeah, well, Nick Saban was where I was going to go. So stop asking. Ask. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great meme. But he is becoming that. Like, he is. If he doesn't feel like doing it, he's basically going to say, piss off, I'm not going to do it. Yeah, at least Nick Saban wins. Yeah, he wins a lot. He wins a lot. He gets, he gets, he's allowed to do that stuff. Yeah, I hate him. Okay, so looking it over for this weekend's game, um, past ten years, the team entering with the best record is six and three. Ironically, the six and three is Michigan State. So when we look at this weekend rivalry, big game, what do we think is going to happen? I, I think Sparty's going to put a fight. I think they're going to play hard, and I am going to take Michigan because I have zero faith in the Spartans football team. <laughs> you know, I hope they prove me wrong. If you're a Spartan fan and you're listening to this and you want to roast me, go ahead. But there is no reason to go on board with this Michigan State football program right now. There is zero reason. The only way that I think you have a shot is if you just put you just start pulling plays out of your ass instead of this oh it's it's third and one let's let's just do a dive play oh we get lost three and I'm gonna punt it you can't do that you can't do that this weekend because Michigan is gonna come jacked what I hope is they come prepared from last week last year's ass kicking they've got at home and they come back with a little bit of attitude because mm-hmm. Devin Push Devin Bush flat out at the fifty yard lines last year took a shit on Michigan State football and you could argue they have not recovered since. So I want Sparty to come out. I want them to pop those pompous ass Michigan players right in the mouth. It'll happen for a quarter and then I've got Michigan running away with it. I've got Michigan probably. I'm gonna go 31-7. Wow. So, um, yeah. It surprised you. No, I mean, I, I, I kind of thought you'd pick Michigan because I think that's just where the common thought is right now because Michigan State is in such a bad way. With like I said, with the injuries and just just everything that's happening, I think another another big issue that they're having is that they they don't have any depth. Yeah. I mean, and if you look at it. It stems back to, I think it was their 2016 class. They had a big class. Of, they had probably one of their higher-ranked classes. Mm-hmm. And then that's where all the trouble started. Yeah. They had the, the rape allegations and the sexual assault stuff. It all started with that class. And since they've all transferred or left early or mm-hmm. one, anybody that was any good is in the NFL. I mean, those guys didn't stick around. And since the attrition was so bad in that class, there's just no depth. Yeah. So with all the injuries they've had, the revolving door of offensive lines. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're talking about starting a true freshman at center. <laughs> I, that's true freshman offensive linemen are not in a good situation unless they're a once in a generation kind of talent. And those Michigan, don't come along very yeah, well. They don't get those very often. So I'm with you. I think Michigan wins big. Um, it is a rivalry. So you have to throw out records in a rivalry, uh, especially in this rivalry, because since Jim Harbaugh's been there, the road team's won every game. Mm-hmm. So, granted, the two wins that Michigan State got at Michigan were the, the punt play mm-hmm. and a fucking monsoon. 
I was at the monsoon where Jim Harbaugh decided it was a good idea to try to throw the ball 25 times with John O'Corn. I loved it. And a prudential downpour. I loved it. But especially when they were, they were running the ball in that game. They yeah. were they were run they were moving the ball yeah, down they were going just to try to Yeah, then he said he'd throw the rock at John O'Corn and I'm gonna get pissed again. So I we, see don't, it. I we, don't, feel we don't need to get there. That's just dumb. But embrace the so, so the weather looks to be cold, but it's supposed to be a decent day, so I don't think you're gonna have any elements involved. The biggest thing for for Michigan is to not play into the the emotion of the game yeah. because you know that Michigan State's going to come out with a chip because of what happened last year and and all that and you some of those guys might be at the point where they're just going to say fuck it and they're going to they're going to be chippy they're going to try to they're going to try to push Michigan oh yeah and. Michigan to stay, the players to stay level-headed enough to stay out of the dumb stuff and just play because I think if you put it on the field between the lines, the talent is just it's just it's better, better now. And you know what? I do find it interesting that when you when you talk about keeping their level-headed, they're going to have to call on a leader that I feel like Michigan's really struggled to have this year. So that's going to be an interesting thing. Yeah, it's kind of like and like defensively, it's going to have to be like Khalil Hudson. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's in the center of it all. And I think he's a vocal enough person to do that. But yeah, you do you do need senior leadership to step up in a game like this. Not even necessarily to make plays, but just to keep everything on schedule. Yeah. So the, the biggest thing offensively is just no turnovers. Yeah. And um, to steal a line from one of my favorite movies, I hope they run it up and leave no doubt because Mark Antonio would do it. Oh yeah, absolutely. If we're up. 28 nothing in the third quarter. I want to air it out. 52 to nothing sounds fine to me. Step on a throat and send him out in style. That's how I feel about it. His fall came with his pride. See you later. That would be an ironic chapter in this rivalry is that that's what ends it is Michigan completely just destroying us. I just, I really think that at this point, D'Antonio's lost all of the fire that he had yep. and the magic that he was able to shake on the teams that were they were better. Now, a lot of people always say in the years that, that Michigan State, the up years that they had here in these last seven, eight years, that it was oh, they always had a chip on their shoulder. But if you go back and look at it, they just had better teams. They just had better talent. I would argue both. I mean, they've always had it. I mean, that was one of the things is that Michigan State during that whole era liked to say we were the underdogs. We we played that underdog role and we liked to come in and and play that. But I would agree they were just better. Yeah, they had superior. They had NFL talent on those teams. Yep. I mean, that is that is bye bye. Yeah, this game will be important for Michigan State going forward. I mean, if this is a blowout, things are going to get ugly. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah, you're gonna have you'll have a mutiny and eats Lansing if it gets ugly. Yeah, so we're running out of time here. Anything else to, to shut this segment down? No, I've got nothing, man. Okay, well, oh, little spoiler: we will try to do a halftime uh, reaction pod and maybe a live stream on our Facebook at the halftime of the game. So stay tuned for that. As long as we can get everything to work out right, we're gonna try to do that. So stay tuned for that. All right, so last segment of this Hate Week podcast. Before we really dive into it, can I just say it is hard to be 
You. Me. Right <laughs> the now. sports world right now. Oh my god, it's depressing. <laughs> the Sparties god awful. The Lions this weekend gets to game time and you find out that Matt Stafford has fractured bones in his back and that he wants to go. But let me shop like and let me people like to rip Patricia and like to rip that Lions organization. Good on them to tell Stafford no. I mean I understand the fire and the heart, and I, I get that, and I respect the hell out of it, dude. You're 31, man. You've got, a, I mean, you've got, a, you basically have a broken back. It's kind of the way it sounds. And you had the same injury last season, and now you've got it again this season. So now it's starting to get worrying. Is like, is this a trend? Right. Is that these back and hip issues? Is this kind of the end of the road for Stafford? Um, but before we really dive into that, another just ugly loss for Lions this time in Chicago. Of course, we make Mitch Trubisky look good because our defense is god-awful. So the Detroit Lions. There ain't no D. Good God. There ain't, there ain't shit. For Matt Patricia being a defensive coach, that defense. Well, and that's, and that's the question. Is, is he letting Pasqualoni run the ship, or is it him? Because when they blitz, they look good. Jared Davis, see ya. Time to go. Tavai's looked actually Tavai is the third best rated rookie defender in the NFL right now. Who's the number one? It's not Devin Bush. Oh, damn it. Nope, Devin Bush. Taking a shot in the dark there. No, nope, Devin Bush is like five. So I mean that I mean that questionable pick is looking good. Um I don't want to talk too much about the actual loss because it was ugly. I mean, Jeff Driscoll came in, did what he did. He didn't put us in position to win, but he did definitely didn't put us in position to lose. That uh, loss was solely on our defense. I agree. Um, Kenny Galladay, he's got to start making catches. Like, where have where did you go? For one game where we needed you to start making plays, you dropping passes and... It's helped me in fantasy because Marvin Jones has gotten more targets. See? See, that helps you. That's another episode of our Hey Week that we forgot to add. We faced each other in fantasy again this week. Oh, son of a bitch. Yeah, I already beat you once this year. Hey, and I'm numero uno. Yeah, I'm fighting for my playoff life. Yeah, so. what is it, like a six-way tie for uh, third? Something like, something like that. It's pretty bad. It's, it's ugly. So. It's fugly. But I got the Patriots D-back, so my MVP is back. I, feel, I think the Ravens exploited that defense. And I yeah, think, but nobody else can do that. It's true. Well, they got, oh, they got the Eagles this weekend. The Eagles. The Eagles. Eagles. My name is Eagles. Um, so, I guess the the popular theme going on right now is what do the Lions do now? Because it's, you is suck the, season, the rest of the year. Is the season over? Yes. And that's the question. Is, <laughs> is that do you think you can win seven straight? My answer is no. Is it preseason still? Because if it's not, then yes, the season's over. Yeah, season's over. So you look at the the gravity of the Stafford injury. How serious is it? Patricia's come out and said that it's day to day, week by week, which to me means absolutely nothing. Mm. That basically says is we're going to go by how he's feeling and what our team doctors thinks he's going to look like. Um, so. Going forward, you, know, you we you look at this next next few weeks. You got Dallas this weekend, which thank God I have Amari Cooper and Zeke Elliott in a couple weeks, which I'm gonna feast this weekend. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you don't have them in ours. <laughs> um, 
and then they play Washington, and then they turn around and play the Bears on Thanksgiving. Well, now, what I would like to see happen is you rest, rest Stafford again this weekend. Just let him get healthy. Let him start feeling better. Because his back and hip issue is no joke. The last thing you want to see is this dude take a big hit and not be able to get up. You know, because he pushed it for a losing cause. He's been doing that his entire career. He has. He, he really has. And I, and this this is another program that I feel like is at a crossroads. I mean, you got the Lions fate, the Lions quote unquote faithful out there that are well. They need to fire Patricia. They need to do this. The part of the problem in Detroit is you have zero consistency. Yes, we fired Jim Caldwell and he had good seasons, but we fired also Jim Caldwell because we couldn't perform in big games. I don't think it's Patricia. I, think. I, I don't think it is either. I think I think the Quandre Diggs trade, I think you lost that defense. I really think you lost it. So I'm, Darius Slay doesn't want to be there anymore because he, he doesn't like the business side of it, which I get it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I don't get it. And so if that's the case, trade them. Start trading away these guys that don't want to be there. How's the trades work now? Is it like a non-waiver tra- or a waiver trade now that they do? Or? I don't think it opens up until I think a week or two after the Super Bowl. So it's there's nothing. There's so nothing. It's not like baseball. It's shut down. The NFL yeah, it's completely work. shut down. There's nothing. I mean, you can put somebody in IR, sure, and then they can be released, and that's how Josh Gordon's on the Seahawks now. Never, never mind that. Um, <laughs> so it, it, at the end of the day, I mean, growing pains are hard. It's painful. It's not pretty. If we're in the same boat that we're in right now next season then yeah maybe it is time to start looking at a different direction so but the dude's so, been here a year and a half so if you if you i mean if you look at it daryl bevel's done a pretty good job the offense yeah. has been Stafford's oh, it's, having, been, it's been okay it's mean, having a career year yeah and and i don't think head coaching wise i don't think patricia's done a lot of boneheaded things he's had moments but a lot of young mm-hmm. head coaches do so at the end of it i think it's it's your defense is bad so the knee-jerk reaction to that is you get a new defensive coordinator, mm-hmm. which I think is warranted at this point. Mm-hmm. You have the worst defense in the NFL. Yeah. So is there a name out there that you can think of? Greg Williams. Yeah? Give me that attitude. Give me that attitude, that swagger. You know what? The New York Jets are a horrible team, but that defense ain't too bad. But do you think you can pull him away from that? Like, Is Detroit that much of a better situation for him to come to? Yes, because I feel like you've got better franchise players as opposed to the Jets. Because the Jets only got Jamal Adams, Le'Veon Bell, and Sam Darnold. You got three guys. Mm-hmm. You got Stafford, Galladay, Jones. You got Snacks to buy, Slay. You can argue. Um, you got Coleman. I mean, you've got better players. I feel like in Detroit, it's just trying to put it all together. Um, I don't think Greg Williams and Matt Patricia would ever work together. <laughs> um, that's a big piece of it, and that's a big piece of it. Or do you just do you just find some young guy to make your defensive coordinator, and Patricia calls it all? You know, and that's the thing is that I'm I'm tired of this just wash, rinse, repeat crap that these teams are doing, especially like Michigan teams. I'm tired of seeing it. Like let's. It's painful to be, to be a Detroit sports fan right now. Yeah, buddy. I mean, there ain't a whole lot to look the only to. the only bright spot in this state right now is Michigan. Yeah, go blue. See, that's the only bright spot. We're holding them up, baby. Hold and the you got a nightmare matchup in two weeks. Yeah, we'll worry about that when I get to. Yeah, you'll worry about that when you get here. But 
I don't know, man. It, you look at it, and the question is, who needs to fire Pat Sklone? He needs to go. Um, if we get into the same spot next week, next year, and we're sitting in the same spot, and nothing's getting better, and we're still getting blown up, then yeah, it's it's time for Patricia to go. It's not time for Bob Quinn to go. Let's let's be realistic here. He's bringing in good talent. He's bring he's doing more for this this program than anybody's done in the past ten sure. to fifteen years. Yeah, I, I can get on board with that. Uh, he's making trades. He's making moves. I mean, that was one of the things we could complain about with Mayhew is how boring it was. Oh, they're not doing anything. Well, now you're doing something and you bitch about that. Like, so, again, what do you want? Right. Like, what do you want from this team? So, with that being said, I do think the Lions need to tank. I think there's some very good defensive talent. So, Chase Young is pretty much off the table. Because you've got to get top three to get there. You've got to get top three. Now, if you look at mock drafts, they've got Burrow to the Bengals. Nope. And then they've got, um, shit, George's offensive tackle. Oh. Um, Smith or whatever his name is. They got him at two. And then three is where they're saying chase to the Giants. Mm -hmm. Because Dolphins keep winning, and they're still probably going to get Tua at four. So then you got that five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. We're we're eleventh right now. We're in the Grant Delpit range, which for me is a dream because I think we're missing that playmaking center field safety. Um, I want that, but I mean, I let's keep losing, man. Let's see what we can. Do. <laughs> let's see what we can do. So so hypothetically, if you get to six. Do you think there's any chance in how Bob Quinn trades up to three to make sure he gets Chase Young? I think you better be calling. Yeah. I don't. Just, just you see the I don't want to say yes because I feel like with this, with between Patricia and Bob Quinn, you don't know. Is he worth it? I think he's absolutely worth I it. I think Chase Young is a generational talent. I think he's Jadavian Clowney's athleticism, but he actually tries. He doesn't take plays off. Yeah. And I think if you but can keep he, that, he's a freak. If you can keep him healthy. Good God. Yeah. He could book at a hand on one side, him on the other. Good luck. Yeah. You're running the middle. Your D line gets exponentially better with that. Absolutely. And And in turn, that takes pressure off your secondary. Mm -hmm. Because that's the biggest problem, I think, with the defense right now is they can get zero pressure. Yeah. So you're being forced to cover for four, five, six seconds, and you can't do that in the NFL. Their defensive line is terrifyingly thin. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're on your fourth and fifth string guys right now. It's bad. Bad, 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 bad. So I think if they're going to do it, they need to do it all out and try to get up to that point. Yeah, I agree. I think that's what you, if you want to change the program, you want to change the face of the franchise, go do it. There's no other edge guy that I see that high up that you can take because I've seen Epinesa's that high in some drafts and, and all that. But if, I think if you don't get Chase Young there, I like Grant Delpit. I do agree with you. I, I, I like Grant Delpit. I like Okuda from Ohio State. It'll be interesting to see how far he falls, too. They're saying he's like 6 to 8. Yeah, which so makes like sense. Atlanta range is where he's right. projected. Well, right. there's a long way to go with the spots, too. I mean, yeah, the season's know. only halfway over. Yeah, the Lions are going to lose all their games, so... That's good. They're, what they're going to do is, in typical Lions fashion, they're going to lose like four of the next seven, <laughs> and the last three they're going to win, and, and they're going to go from a top five pick and drop to like twelve. That makes sense. That's very that's Lions. Typical Lions. That's, that is very Lions. <laughs> that 
<laughs> and then they'll so trade on brand. And then they'll trade back in the draft, and they'll trade back to thirty first, yeah. just to get a second rounder next year that they're going to trade away anyways. Yeah. So I mean that's very on brand. Um, and there was a question that you had asked me earlier. Um, oh yeah. So. Do you look for the QB of the future here? So hypothetically, the situation I think I brought up to you was if Fromm, say Jake Fromm or Eason, dropped like the third round. Do you no. take Do you take a flyer on one of them in the third? Absolutely. You, yeah. you have to because we're not signing veteran backups. I mean, Driscoll is only as good as you're going to allow. It, Driscoll's ceiling is there. Like what we saw on the, Sunday. He, he is what is, he is. He yeah. is what he is. That's all you're going to get. You're going to get 160 yards, 50 yards rushing, a TD, and a pick. That's you, all you're going to get out Do you think Fromm or Eason? Which one would you rather, if you had your pick? I don't think Fromm is going to be there. I see Fromm being kind of like a Jake Locker, where he was projected to be like a second rounder, and I think he's going to get scooped up in the first. See, I don't know if I believe in Fromm, because he has like no mobility at all. You see, and... And he doesn't have a big arm. No, and I think... But I think that's what would be. I would go Eason. I would go Eason too because he can make all the throws. Yeah, and I think if you want a guy very similar to what you already have, you go Eason. Now, there's already conversation that Justin Herbert could be like the Aaron Rodgers of the draft that drops and some big name team at the. Oh, well, if he's there, then you have to. Oh, absolutely. I think if he's there sitting in the second round where you're at, you have to give him a look. I think yeah, you I mean, have to. That would all depend on what you did in the first round. Well, it depends on Stafford's health too. But like you said, he's, Stafford's thirty-one. He's not getting any younger. He's so not. You, you, and, and no quarterbacks don't just show up and become good. So why not draft somebody, give them two to three years to learn yep. and develop, and then say, okay, Stafford's contract's up, and now it's time. Well, and that's what you and you can argue like Dwayne Haskins under Washington. That's what's wrong with him. Is they just thrown him into the fire because he's the rookie. He's their first round pick. We got it. Got to play him. So they threw him in there. You can argue that's what's wrong with Sam Darnold. Is that yeah, wow, he's a lot he, of guys. He's talented as hell, but he got thrown in the fire, and now he's struggling. As he famously said, "I'm seeing ghosts." Well, a lot of these quarterbacks that are coming into the NFL, they're coming from college systems. Yeah, like look at Dwayne Haskins. He read defenses at Ohio State. He had five guys that ran a 4-3. Just wait till one of them gets open. Yeah. That's all that was. I mean, he he just capitalized on athletes. Guess what? They're all athletes in the NFL. You can't do that. Yeah. And and if you think that you're going to strike and you're going to get Aaron Rodgers in this draft or you're going to get another Matt Stafford or you're going to get another Aaron or another Aaron Rodgers or somebody like that or Tom Brady or or Pat Mahomes or Deshaun Watson, I don't think you're going to get that it's, mm-hmm. unless you're willing to spend. And the Lions, I don't. If you're going to spend on anything, you need to spend for defense. So the other question that I have is, do you wait one more year? To and, what? And do you, on a quarterback and sell out for Trevor Lawrence? Do you load up? On everything you can get for everything else to be around this team in this draft. Because if you look at this draft depth wise, it's got pretty good depth. There's a lot of good talent top to bottom. And then next year, mortgage whatever you have to mortgage to get that number one pick for Trevor Lawrence. Oh. I guess the argument you could make though is, is that you could draft a, an Eason or a Fromm and you could still try and 
mortgage and sell and try to get. I mean, that's what the Fal or the uh, Cardinals did. I mean, they pick up. They had Rosen. Yeah. And they sold out, and then they. Got the Kyler. only reason they got Kyler is because of the, who they hired. I mean, they hired Cliff Kingsbury, and it was like, oh, well, he fits me better than him, so I want him. Was basically yeah, what that. Working well. I mean. Yeah. But. Man, that's tough. That's a that's a long way. That's a long ways away. But in the meantime, I don't think so. I think Stafford's health is getting alarming. Yeah. This is two years in a row that he's having back issues. I said to Kendra, the last game watching him in Oakland, way some of those balls he was throwing, I said that doesn't he doesn't look right. Right. He's not there's the strength is not there. There's yeah. something more to that hip injury. No, I agree. So long story short, play Dallas this weekend at home. I want to. It's another situation. I have reason to pick them. I mean, you can't. Yeah, with that defense. I, I think at this point in the season that I'm not going to abandon the Lions. I'm going to remain optimistic, but I'm just going to focus more on fantasy. Playoffs are in like three weeks. I'm focusing on that. I don't think you need to focus on sitting Christian McCaffrey this week. Is what I think. Uh, no. That I heard he's questionable for this week. He's question. He's been questionable like the past five weeks. So, but now he's downgraded to doubtful, so he's not going to play. Because that's bullshit. <laughs> Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. Watch him get on Sunday morning. But I hope. I hope he doesn't play. I hope your whole team doesn't play. That's that's rude. Money, money, money. Money, money, money. Play the Shane Mac music. <laughs> All right. What else do we got here? Do we have anything else we need to talk about? No, man. I I think that kind of wraps up hate week for me. Yeah. I hate Michigan. I hate everything about Michigan. It's okay because I love Michigan and I love everything about. I'm not Michigan. gonna put any mustard on my sandwiches because your god awful yellow looks like mustard. Hmm. I like shit green, so you must drink a lot of grapes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so like we said, though, uh, Saturday we'll be here watching the game. So as long as Lane's not outside crying or I'm gonna laugh my fat ass off if we end up beat you guys. Yeah, well I won't be. I do remember the last time we got together. Yeah, and I wasn't watched... gonna bring it up. I wasn't gonna speak it into the So the last time we watched the Michigan Michigan State game together was the punt game. And I remember screaming, Oh my god, oh my god, almost kicking your dog in the face of from my excitement. And you were running around my living room. Running around your living room and I could have picked yours, Kendra's and Randy's jaws off the floor. Because I think 15 seconds before that, you said, yeah, this game's over. And I said, no, they still got to kick the ball. Yeah. And then, then they, bum, on the they bum rushed our snapper. and Still crying about that. Well, you, you cried about it against Arizona State? Hey, man. Hey. Just saying. Facts. <laughs> so, yeah. Odds are not in my favor right now with how... Uh, and like you already alluded to it, road team... They are two, two and zero, and the road team wins every game in the Harbaugh era so far. So, but we'll try to do a halftime thing. Yeah. We might even do a Facebook live. We gotta see if it'll all work. I think it, I think we should be able to set it up. But you guys get to see our ugly mugs while we do it. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be short, probably five to ten minutes, just a quick little what we think. And if the game is really good. And comes down to it, maybe we'll do a post game reaction. Yeah. Just depends on kind of how it, how the game shakes out. If it kind of goes like we've both predicted, then maybe we won't. But yeah, we'll, we'll see, see how it goes. We'll get something out there Saturday. So and uh, speaking of which, next week's gonna be a little bit different for our layout. We've got I've got a few things going on in the middle of the week, so we're gonna be podcasting Monday night. So you get an earlier 
an earlier pod next week. That means I'm gonna have to we're gonna have to get things around with games earlier, but we'll make it work because I know the people gotta have their pod. People gotta give the people what they want, and we gotta recap what happens. Exactly, like the game will be done, and I'll be able to celebrate my glorious victory. I may have new music. I may have. I mean, we'll just we'll have to yeah, just have like pyro go full Whoa. new WWE exactly Fox so. Sports WWE. All right, anything else? We're getting on a rabbit hole. No, I'm good, man. Go green. Beat Michigan. Go blue.